Okay, so we should both be recording. Got it. Right. Yep. Awesome stuff. I'm excited. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm glad to have you on, man. I. I. Uh, I think this is going to be a great episode. Uh, we're going to talk about branding, and um, I'm sure that you're excited about branding because that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So you could go. I just want to let you know, Jeff. You could go as deep as you want, personally, professionally. As long as it's going to give your audience value and yourself value, um, I'm, I'm a pretty much an open book when it comes to this stuff, because uh, I truly believe that when you share those vulnerabilities and those horror stories, um, that's when people actually really learn. Yeah. And, and, and I think that is really important. I could sit here for an hour and, and talk about how great I am and how much success I've achieved, but I don't know if they're really going to learn much about that. You know, everybody yeah. loves to hear how you got knocked down and how you got back up. So um, I'm happy to go as deep as you want. Okay, that's great. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I like to do as well. I mean, I like to give the good, the bad, the ugly, just the whole picture versus the, the yeah, I guess you would say the pie in the sky type thing. Everything's great. I have great clients, great business, great everything, you know, and <laughs> it, business doesn't roll like that, unfortunately. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't so cool cool well we'll go ahead and just get started and you know we'll talk about branding and um and we'll just dive into it you got the one sheet right jeff i do i'm okay, looking good. at it just, right now okay yeah. excellent excellent yeah so i like to give that sometimes it gets to you sometimes it doesn't that's why i'm always checking oh yeah yeah it's nice actually i, I took have a little takeaway from it i'm like okay i need to to get a one sheet, you know, get my one sheet updated uh, with that. I like like the way you have it structured. Thank you. So, cool. All right. Well, we'll count it down. Three and two and one. Welcome, marketologists. This is another marketing strategy session. Today, I have Henry Kaminsky, Jr. Now, see, he wasn't expecting the junior part, but I have him on the line with me. And we're going to talk about branding and we're going to talk about branding a little different than usual, but um, this is going to be really exciting. I mean, his resume is incredible. I mean, his client list is incredible uh, and his knowledge is incredible. Henry, thanks so much for taking some time to spend with us. Jeff, I'm super pumped. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited. So first off, I want to get into who you are. Now, I, it's on your website, and I was listening to who you are and how you become a, a pretty much fighter and, and been victorious from birth. So give us a little insight about who you are and, and how you became who you are today. So every podcast I come on, I try to, I try to make this, this story shorter and shorter. To, to, keep, to keep it as punchy as possible. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a, a whirl. So, you know, here's what happened. When my parents got married, they wanted to start a family right away. And medicine wasn't the way it was back then. We're going back, you know, early, uh, late 60s, early 70s. And, and, and they're, they just did not have the capabilities of getting pregnant. There was issues with my father, issues with my mother that were unknown. So these two knuckleheads tried for 16 years to try to start a family and they were unsuccessful. And then as 79, right? 80, um, medicine got a little better. My mother went in for a short surgery. Boom, nine months later, here I come. 
So fast forward two years, my mom's in the kitchen trying to do her thing and, 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 and make sure I'm okay. But I'm in the other room in my crib and she comes in and I'm blue and unresponsive. So she freaks out, run me, runs me to the hospital. And they realize that I lost all the nutrients out of my body from urinating over urinating because my mother kept giving me water to try to calm me down because I was a little bit of a colicky baby back then. And again, this is the story that I was, I've, I was told as a kid and I, it just, it didn't make sense to me at the time. And then as I got older, it, it all, the pieces of the puzzle get, to, you know, they all come together. So they get me back to life. And as I was growing up, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, I would always hear my mother tell the story about I was her miracle baby. And I never understood what that meant. And then I realized like, Maybe I'm not supposed to be here, but I am. And, and so what am I going to do with this life while I still am here physically? Well, yeah. I, I want to make a difference. I wanted, I wanted, I want to make something of this life because not everybody gets a chance. Like I did, you know, look, just, just go to any local hospital and go to the peds oncology uh, ward and see what's going on there and you'll get it. Right. So yeah. I just said to myself, you know what? I'm here on borrowed time. I'm going to make the best of it. And I'm just going to run through this, this thing called life and see where it takes me. And so I've always been a scrapper. I've always been somebody that never really had a lot of guidance as a kid. Like I, my father, unfortunately, my parents went through a horrible divorce. So uh, my father got custody and now he's working four jobs to keep food on a table. And I, this guy was a mechanic for UPS for 33 years. I mean, he was just a master at his craft, but you know, he wasn't the next Bezos. So yeah. it was, it was, it was very interesting growing up like that. So I always had this hustle cause I always saw him working, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of times where I was out there kind of fending, fending for myself, like yeah. learning, yeah. learning life as a, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old, 13 year old moving around a little bit and coming into a, a city freshman year of high school where I was the minority of the school. So there was, okay. there was like 50 Caucasian kids in the whole school. And it was very, it was very diverse as far as culture. So mm -hmm. I thank God for that every single day, because the school that I went to prior wasn't very uh, wasn't very diverse. And so okay. it was very interesting to learn different cultures and to see how different people act and to actually feel what it was like to not be the majority. Okay. And that really helped me tremendously accumulate my communication skills. Because mm -hmm. there was a lot of times where I was approached and people had a, a preconceived idea of who Henry Kaminsky was. But when I opened my mouth, it was a different feel. It was a different story. Okay. And to this day, Jeff, I still get that. So, you know, it, it, not to go too deep into the personal side of things. Again, I'll go as deep as you want, but it's very interesting because I want to tie this back to branding. A lot of times we see things on at face value and we make this assumption or this judgment, like maybe it's cheap, maybe it's amateur, maybe it's, I see a lot of these personal brands out there, their websites and their online presence looks like they're, 
they started two weeks ago and they made their own website and you know they they're a done uh, do it yourselfer you know what i mean yeah yeah and meanwhile they've been in, they've they've they got 25 years experience and they're masters at their craft but their online identity looks like they just started two days ago yeah right that's I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but what I'm saying is it's reality. People are going to see that and be like, eh, I'm going to go over here. This guy looks more established. This woman looks more established. I trust that. So, and then they go and, and, and meanwhile, those people are probably 10 X more expensive than you, but they're going over there because their online presence built up the trust, the credibility, the authority better than you. So it just goes to show how important it is to be very cognizant of what your exterior looks like and does it align with your interior? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now dig into that a little bit more with um, branding. First of all, you know, explain what branding is to those that might not know what it is. Now, you know, our, our base, their businesses, they should know what branding is, but some may not, they have may have a misconception of what it really is. And then let's talk a little bit about that, how your brand ties into your 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 business culture or ties into your personal values. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So the definition of branding that I really have an affinity towards is from a guy by the name of Marty Neumeyer. He has a few books out there. And what he calls branding is the gut feeling people get when they interact with you or your product or service. So when they walk away, what do they feel? Right? What do they feel? That's brand. So you may think you're one thing, but your audience is feeling something else. That's what your brand truly represents right there. So that's that. So, so when people say, well, I thought branding was like your logo and your website and this and that, like, yeah, those are brand assets. They help evoke that feeling and emotion, but it's not just a, a, a one, one prong thing that, that makes a brand what it is. You know, a logo is going to make you or may not make you more memorable, right? So that's what branding is at its core. It's that gut feeling that people get about you. So how does your online presence or your your brand identity, Mm -hmm. because that's when we get into like design and stuff, how does that truly represent the value that you deliver? So Jeff, I've always been a guy, I grew up very humble. We were never poor, but we never had the nice cars, the nice clothes. My father used to take me to Canal Street in Manhattan, Chinatown to get my school clothes. So I never had that kind of upbringing. So I always was intrigued by the stuff. Okay. And I said to myself, when I get to a point where I could afford that stuff, Mm -hmm. I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, when I first started my business, it was, it was extremely successful. And I, I indulged, let's say, <laughs> and maybe a little bit more than I should. And I, what I realized that was people actually saw right through me. Okay. They were like, Henry, you don't need that stuff. 
we love you for who you are. Like you don't have to show us through your stuff that you're a tough guy, a hard work, not a tough guy in the, in the physical sense, but like yeah. a guy that wants, it's a scrappy guy that will not take no for an answer and get, you know, achieve what he truly wants. Mm -hmm. you don't, we don't need to see the cars and stuff like that. And so what happened was a lot of my family, a lot of my friends, they started to get extremely resentful towards me because I was kind of throwing it in their face. Oh, okay. And I had, and I had this attitude about me, like, you can't tell me anything. And that caught up to me real fast. Wow. It wow. caught up to me real fast. And then I, I, I realized that I was not being true to myself. And I was just on a, I was doing a podcast recording just before this one, I had a guest on and that con that topic came up. And because I grew up very uh, with a low self-confidence, okay. I had a very low self-esteem growing up. Mm -hmm. And I would use the stuff to kind of boost me up, right? Yeah, yeah. But what it was really doing was it was actually pressing me down. And, and it wasn't a, a, a real true identity of who I was. So yeah. I had to re remix that. I really had to remix that and face my skeletons that were in my closet. Okay. So what are you, what are you doing this for? What are you doing? This for? You know, it's so interesting that, that a lot of us do that. A lot of, um, I always used to ask this question. Why do people that are rich, let's say, or wealthy or have spend so much effort trying to impress people that are poor and have not, for instance, you have a superstar athlete. Let's just use that. We all know they're athlete. They're making millions of dollars. They're a celebrity. Everybody knows their name. And they have an entourage of people that nobody knows who they are, that comes from the hood, that has two nickels to rub together. And then they spend all this money popping bottles and buying all these expensive stuff and showing off all this lavishness to impress people that couldn't afford it and to sway their opinions. When it's like, yeah, but why are you trying so hard to impress people that have an opinion for stuff that they can't even afford? So they have you at a higher standard than they, they can be at. And yeah. you're spending so much to impress them instead of just being yourself. Because once the money goes, will they still be around? Will they still be with you? And a lot of, I never understood that. I'm like, why is this one guy or, or girl spending so much effort yeah. and expense to impress people that put you at a standard that they can never live up to or are not living up to. I'm not saying can never, but at the time are not living up to. And we do it even with businesses. We try to make our business so grand and we're trying to impress a lot of people that you're like, okay, well, this is what I offer. Will you patronize my business? Oh man, I can't afford that. <laughs> but you should be doing this though. And they're like, wait a minute, but I'm listening to you. Why am I, why am I catering my business to you when you are truly not my customer or my client? Yeah. yeah. That's a great point, Jeff. And let, let's get into that because I think it's very, very important. If you want to, if you want to build a successful personality brand online, say you're, say you're a coach, a consultant, a speaker, an author, uh, subject matter expert in whatever, right? Mm -hmm. 
one of the things that I would say is really defining who your client is, is probably the most important part of the branding process from before you even get into any design work, anything like that. Because what I tell my clients is this, we're not designing this business for you. And it, it's sort of Good like point. a shell shock for them. I said, it, we're designing this business for them. So if we don't know who these people are, then we're designing blindly, which is going to cost you a lot of time, money, and energy. And you're, <laughs> you're not going to be happy with the results. So I, I tease them a lot. When we get done with the brand strategy and we go into the design phase, I tell them, all right, I'm going to present some logo concepts in the next few days. Mm-hmm. When I s- send them over, you and I are going to have a sit down and we're going to discuss these. But here's what I'm going to tell you right now. If you come back to me and tell me that your wife doesn't like the color blue or your seven-year-old daughter doesn't like that typeface, <laughs> I'm firing you as a client. <laughs> That's so true. Right. I said, unless they are, Jeff, unless they are your client, I don't care about their opinion. Yeah. I don't care about their opinion because if your ideal client can't resonate with the identity and presence of your business online, you're not going to have a bit, you're not going to have a business. So for long. So, so when they get that, right. It, it's like something like clink, like really sinks in. And that's the key. So let's help, let's help your audience a little bit understand how to identify your ideal client, right? Okay. So you need to understand, all right, there are certain pains, challenges, and, and, and desires that your ideal client wants or needs mm-hmm. or is experiencing. So how, what are you doing to find those things out? Okay. So there's some cool, there's some cool resources out there. I mean, if you just go to a competitor's website and you look at their testimonials and you read between the lines, I like to say Mm -hmm. of those testimonials and see what was the pain point that was solved. There's your clue, right? Video, yeah. te- video testimonials of competitors. Listen to the language that they use. Use the same language in your marketing. Okay. That's going to connect. That's going to like click. Ooh, this person is speaking my language. Mm-hmm. You ever been on a sales call where they say, now you're speaking my language and you get all excited because you're like, oh, this, clo- this sale is going to close. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can do, you could start doing this intentionally by leveraging your competitors' testimonials and really dissecting them and understanding them. Now, the other thing is, is I don't spend too much time on demographics because mm-hmm. that's kind of standard. You could, you could do that quickly. But psychographics is a lot heavier of a, what's the word I'm looking for? I would say, I would put more emphasis on psychographics. So what is psychographics? It's, it's why people do what they do. Mm-hmm. So if they have an affinity towards Range Rover, why? Yeah. Right? If they like uh, Patagonia, 
brand. Why? Like you got to get to the bottom of that. Let, 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 let's dig into this a little bit, Henry. Yeah. You speak in my language, Henry. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Range Rover. Do you buy a Range Rover because of the reliability? No. <laughs> Everybody knows Range Rovers are not reliable. Do you buy it because of the look? Maybe. But you buy it because of the status that it gives you. And, and people don't even... You know, it's so funny because they don't want to admit I'm not buying it because of the car. And I, see, I'm a car guy. And so the more expensive the car, usually the less reliable, the worse on gas. <laughs> I, I remember going to like a dealership and I was looking at some some Ferraris, Lamborghinis, McLarens. And I'm like, why do they only have 20,000 miles on it? And they were like, well, these cars, you really can't drive them that that far. I mean, really, after about 2,000 miles, you're going to have to get an oil change, which is going to cost you about $5,000. After they start doing this and that, they're going to say, you know what? This costs too much, and they're going to trade it back in. Mm-hmm. Their only, only purchase is to show off. And I started saying, that's the real reason. That's what you're buying. You're not buying because everybody says, well, you're buying a Lamborghini because it can go 200 miles per hour. You'll never go 200 miles per hour. So you're not buying it for that. You know, you're not buying it for speed. You'll never go that fast. And in Atlanta with the potholes and how low they are to the ground, you won't go 60 miles per hour in those cars. So it's like that. I love what you're saying with psychographics. Why? What is the real reason people do business? Yeah. And what does it say about them? Right. What is what does it say about them as an individual? And, and, and again, this isn't to judge, it's to get a better understanding of who you're working with. I'll give you a quick example. I had a client come to me recently who was in desperate need of a rebrand, okay? Mm-hmm. He was in the game for 10 years, very respectable in his profession, but he was getting disrespected in a way that caught up to him, meaning he had a lot of connections. Okay. Right? But people were coming up to him because he was such a nice guy. They were kind of squeezing him for his connections. Uh, but nickel and diamond him when he went to send them a bill. Mm. So if you really had that respect, mm. people, people would just be like, all right, send me the bill. They wouldn't be nickel and diamond. So funny story happens. I'm on Instagram and this woman reaches out to me and says, you know, I work for this firm and I think my, you know, the principal could really use your help. And I said, and she kind of explained to me the positioning aspect of branding. So if you're not, so this is poor positioning. Okay. Let's let's talk about this, right? If you're positioned well online, Mm -hmm. people will either disqualify themselves immediately by saying what you said before, I can't afford this person. Mm -hmm. Or they'll say, this guy is exactly what I'm looking for, all right? That's good positioning. That's okay. good positioning. So she comes to me and she says, I, I, I want to connect him to you. What is the process? So I said, we have a brand assessment that I do prior. It's $500. It's not free. Mm. I said, tell him to go through the, the, the assessment process. You'll get on the phone with me and we will discuss where you're at, where you want to be and what's stopping you from, from getting there. So he does it. So he moves forward with the brand strategy and we go through the whole process. And here's the thing. 
I thought he was doing this for himself. And I think a part of him was. Okay. But I think the other part of that was to tell this woman who works for him to show this woman who really respected him. Mm -hmm. And he had a, he had a close relationship with her that he was the goods. Okay. Like he was, he, he's going to put his money where his mouth is and he's going to level up his game. It's like, it's like a wife that's constantly haunting you because of your, your you gained all this weight over the years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then finally you say, all right, that's it. Watch this. And 90, yeah. 90 days later, you look better than you did when you were 20. Right. Like, I, I feel like that was one of the big reasons why he moved forward with a $25,000 engagement, because he said, you know what? She's right. I am who I am but I'm not living up to it. Okay. Right. And, and, and I think that was one of the driving forces of why he, why he invested in himself at that, at that level. So what does that say about him? It says that he's got, he's got the, 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 he's got the, uh, the cylinders, mm-hmm. right? He, he, he's a 12 cylinder engine, but mm-hmm. he was only working on six. Yeah. So that made me to, that made me realize, all right, that needs to be my marketing message moving forward. You know that you're a Ferrari, but mm-hmm. you're acting and presenting yourself like a Toyota Corolla. Yeah, yeah. Um, why? Why? Right? And, and so I'm a huge hip hop guy. I, I, I grew up with hip hop my whole life. And one of my favorite rappers of all time is Nas. I grew up with him. I mean, he's 10 years older than me. So like, I remember being 13 years old, listening to his music on the New York transit, uh, New Jersey transit bus at uh-huh. 13 years old, you know, listening to his messaging. And he came out with a, a new album recently. And one of the lines in his songs, he says something along the lines of, what happens to a king when they don't realize they're a king? Yeah, yeah. And that just resonated with me because my whole life I grew up like that. Yeah. I didn't think I was a king. So therefore I acted one way where people would come up to me outside. And these are, this is when the universe gives you signs, right? People would come up to you and people come over to me and say, why do you tolerate that? Yeah. Give yeah. you a quick example. We were at a conference a couple of years ago. This guy comes up to me and says, oh, I've been watching you online for, for a while now. And uh, I love your stuff. Thank you. You know, I appreciate you putting in that effort. He's like, I got to tell you something. He said, when I first saw you, you know, with your bald head and your tattoos and your New Jersey accent, I thought you were like a big prick. (laughs) And, and, and he said, but you're not. And it was surprising to see that side of like, to see that, like, and so I'm standing next to this other guy who's pretty well known. Mm -hmm. And I'm, so I respond to like, yeah, I get that a lot. Don't worry about it, right? This guy sitting next to me says, don't you ever apologize 
for that again. Now, okay. you could have heard a pin drop, Jeff. And we were in like a crowded bar. Yeah. You could have heard a pin drop. And the guy started to get like backpedal. The guy was like, oh, no, no, I didn't mean any disrespect. He, the guy next to me said, Henry, that's his problem. That's, yeah. not, your, that's not your problem. Yeah. And I was like, holy crow. That was just, a, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. And, and, and you just have to. So anyway, it just. But it's amazing how much we uh, look for validation and acceptance outside of ourselves. Um, and the perception that others have isn't the same perception that we have of ourselves. I know a lot of times people will assume a certain thing and you'll try to fit into the box that they assume that you're in. You know, you're, oh, well, yeah, well, and it's like, no, wait a minute, be true to yourself. But unfortunately, a lot of us haven't understood who we are yet because we've always been looking for validation and acceptance. So we haven't taken any self-assessments to say, this is who I am. And it's funny because a lot of times people will see you in a light and you're like, how do you see that? I don't, I don't understand. Like for myself, sometimes people will paint me in a picture and it'll be people I don't even know. I never met them before. Mm -hmm. And I'll walk into a place and they'll act a certain way. And I'm like, wow, do I look like somebody, you know? And it's like, hmm. you are somebody, yeah. you know, they're treating you in a status that you don't even see yourself. It's sort of like that, that meme that everybody shows. They show a kitty, a kitty cat <laughs> looking at a, a, a lion it, the lion's the shadow it's like the reverse of that we're the yeah. lion but we see the kitty cat and we're like yeah we're this we're that but it's always because we never really took a self-assessment and said yeah i am a king but i'm up here playing like a a, a, a peasant because yeah. i've always looked for validation from other people yeah and whatever they tell me is what i'm going to accept so there's another there's another line in, in one of Nas's songs in his in his new album. And it, it, it it's it's come it, it's I'm going to botch this up. So bear with me. It's something <laughs> it's something along the lines of. What other people. Think of you. Mm -hmm. Means nothing. What you think of yourself means everything. So true. Right. And and, and that's something that you got to you got to own. And to put this like kind of to, to wrap this up in a beautiful bow and to bring this all back to branding, when you achieve the ultimate success with mm. your branding, it's when you feel comfortable in your own skin and yeah. you are the truth. You are the truth. And that's something that people are actually afraid of. Yeah. yeah. They're afraid of it. And so I've seen the most success in business mm -hmm. when I let it all out the way it's supposed to come out. I don't edit. Like if you listen to any of my podcasts, I don't edit. I haven't edited an episode in 445 episodes. Wow. Yeah. What's out there is out there because here's my why. 
I didn't have the upbringing that my four-year-old son is getting. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn shit the hard way. Excuse my language. Oh, we all grown here. (laughs) So so when I'm putting out content on social media, Mm -hmm. that content is going to live long after I'm gone. Yeah. Okay. My son's going to get to an age where he's going to Google daddy's name and be like, what the hell does he do again? <laughs> and he's going to, he's going to watch this episode. He's going to listen to this podcast. He's going to see me on, 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 on YouTube. Yeah. And what I'm doing in every piece of content is I'm giving him those cookie crumbs to follow. Yeah. So that he, he, if he ever decides to open up a business, he knows how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He knows the struggles that I went through. So now he doesn't have to go through them. Yeah. And he grows up a stronger man than me. That's what I'm doing this for. And I'm doing it through helping other people see themselves the way they should see themselves. And so that's, that's why people ask me all the time like that. That's why you do what you do. And I go, absolutely. Because again, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And that is something that I learned from one of my favorite movies in the world, the Bronx, a Bronx tale. And it, okay. was, it was basically that that was the premise of the whole movie. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And I feel like there's so many people that get into their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, look back and say, I should have, could have, would have. And you know what? I'm 40 years old. I turned 41 on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I promised myself last year, I will not live my next 40 years the way I lived my first 40. Yeah. And so be it. And so there's going to be things that are going to make people uncomfortable. There's going to be, Henry's going to be a different person moving forward. And you know what? If I was the same person I was yesterday, that means I'm dying. I'm not growing. Yeah. So yeah. that's something that I want you guys to pay attention to is, is what are you doing? to nurture your brand. Are you giving it the proper nutrients it needs? So for example, are you hiring the right mentors or the coaches or the consultants? Um, Are you putting the money, you know, in the right places, right? That's going to bring you back the return, right? Yeah. How, because what you give is what you get. And I'm a, that's how I live my life. When my business isn't doing well, I take a time out and I say, how much effort? have you put in this quarter? Okay. Okay. And if, it, and if, and if the answer is, well, not that much, well, there's your sales sheet. So what you Thanks. give is what you get. And, and, and I am a firm believer that will, that is the way the universe works, whether it's business, personal, what have you. So yeah. put it in and you'll get it out. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me about the difference between your personal brand and your business brand. (laughs) So, you know, now we're talking a lot about being authentic as far as on a personal level. But you can also be authentic as a business. There's a lot of businesses out here operating outside of their true (laughs) selves. So Mm -hmm. tell me the difference between the two. So a business brand, see... The, 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 the real question is, should I build my business brand or should I build my personal brand? And I tell them you have to build both. 
Okay. But, but keep in mind that your business brand will be an offshoot of your personal brand. So for example, you see my site and you see the, you see the colors and you see how premium it looks and you see, I put a lot of effort into that, right? Mm-hmm. Like I put a lot of effort into what I do. Like my house looks like a museum besides, besides this, this sanitizer bottle behind me that I forgot to move out of the way. But, <laughs> but, but like, and, and, and that- Product uh, placement. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but, and, and, and again, I hear my wife upstairs cringing. <laughs> she, she keeps the she keeps the house really clean. <laughs> I maintain it, but um, but um, it, it it just goes to show I'm a very neat person. I'm a very minimalistic person. I don't need a lot of stuff. I like space. I mm. like things to breathe. So when you look at my my brand personality, you'll see less is more. You'll see whatever shouldn't be there will not be there, mm. and so that just goes to show how my personal brand correlates to my business brand. So your business brand is going to be an offshoot of your personal brand. Now, I think just people make a big deal out of a personal brand that I don't think you necessarily have to. I think if you really want to put effort into a personal brand, just be your damn self. But that's hard, Henry. You know, everybody, you know, it's hard to be yourself in a, in a world of sensationalization. Or is that a word? It is. it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to be yourself because everybody's putting on these faces to be everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish. I, I mean, to your point before, you know, why are you doing all of these things to attract or to impress people that don't really give a damn to begin with? One, yeah. two, you know, it, it's just who are you impressing? You know, impress yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, impress yourself. I'll give you a funny, funny story. Like, and you'll, some people will take this the wrong way, but I laugh. I was posted a picture of me and my son the other day. We just got back from West Palm. We, my, me and my wife were married 10 years. So we, we took a little trip down the, to, to, to West Palm. So I take a picture with my son and I put it on Facebook and I say, my favorite guy on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he's my, he's a good friend of mine, but he's a troll at the same time. <laughs> he writes, which one? <laughs> right. So I laugh mm-hmm. because I thought to myself and I know him and mm-hmm. I know what he's gone through in his life. And I understand why he wrote that. Not to throw him under the bus, but I said to myself, if I don't love myself, if I am not my favorite guy, mm-hmm. then how could I be his? That's true. My, meaning my son. Yeah. And so if I can't love myself, how could I love anybody else? And that's a great point because I was talking to somebody the other day about relationships. We were talking about marriage and so forth. And, you know, the problem is we look for everybody else for love and we can't give love because we don't love ourselves. And so we're disappointed because we're like, this isn't a good relationship. But when here's the thing, the funny thing about the pandemic, when people had to stay at home, 
and look in the mirror all day, oh, it changed a whole lot of people's perspective about everything. Because now you're like, well, this is who I really am. Because, you know, before we, we could always go out and we could always have all these distractions, you know. Mm-hmm. When you have to sit and look at yourself all day, then it's like, yeah, this is me. (laughs) And that's why I I think what made me the person that I am today is a lot of personal development. Mm -hmm. To this day, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm starting EMDR therapy on Friday. EMDR therapy is a therapy that was introduced to me by, I have a mindset coach that I meet with every two weeks. I think it's very important as you're growing your business to have your board of directors, right? And so yeah. your board of directors could be a business mentor. It could be a therapist or a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it could be individual coaches, like a personal trainer. I have a personal trainer, air quotes, for social media. So <laughs> they help me with my social media, right? And okay. that's all they do, right? Um, so finding that board of directors. So my mindset coach says, you know, I've been with you for four years. Mm-hmm. I know you probably better than your wife knows you. I would recommend EMDR therapy. It is a tremendous therapy that has phenomenal result specifically for past trauma in your life. Okay. And I said, okay, let's do it. So I was a little hesitant at first. And then I'm talking to a client just randomly. Mm-hmm. And client says to me, I got to tell you, past few months haven't been that good, struggling a little bit started this therapy it's called emdr i said that's it that was your confirmation universe is telling me you got to go in on this because i saw a huge change in this client's personality over the you know when i was talking to him so i said doing it so i i i found a a a practitioner right here in town for Mm -hmm. and and i and i signed up so that's when you asked me like I know it's easy. You basically said it's easier said than done to be your true self. I think when you spend the time, you know, I have a, I have a journal that I write in every morning. When you put in the effort and invest in yourself, yeah, it gets easier. I'm not going to say it gets, it, it goes, it, it, everything is beautiful, but yeah. It gets easier. And who knew that we were going to spend 47 minutes talking about like personal development, but personal branding has a lot to do with personal development. Because I think when you are living the life that you you've dreamed, you've designed in your head. Yeah. That's when you win. It is. It is. And, and, and nowadays with, so much out there people can see through like you were saying people can see through if you're being you or you're putting on a face yeah you know and and it's harder and harder now to mask it to say oh i'm you know it's it's so funny for instance and i don't want to shame anybody Mm -hmm. they can take it how they take it but during the pandemic i've seen more millionaires or millionaire claims that i made more money on the pandemic than i've I'm like, where is this money coming from? <laughs> I mean, businesses are shutting down. You know, people are unemployed. <laughs> Nobody's going out. How all of a sudden everybody's business is the best year they've ever had in business. I'm like, mathematically, it's not possible. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's not possible for anybody, but it's not possible for everybody. 
And I'm like, look, let's just be honest. If you had a bad year, you had a bad year. It's understandable. But everybody's posting these pictures. And I'm thinking, so when did you take this trip? Because we were supposed to be on lockdown. You you know, this is the best year ever. They all on the beach. And I'm like, we're supposed to be on lockdown. You know, what are you talking about? But they got to, people are so used to putting on these faces. Yeah, they do it for the gram, right? They do, <laughs> yep. for, they do it for the gram. And it's 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 sad because, you know, my wife and I struggled with this for a few a few years. You know, I would put things up online that would make her uncomfortable. And yeah. again, I I did not I was not very comfortable in myself. Yeah. 5 6 years ago. So I would put all that stuff out there and people saw right through it. I'll give you a quick example. I was I was running a Facebook ad and it was me getting out of a private jet and this Mm -hmm. troll came over and he said, I don't even know who you are. I've never heard of you, Mm -hmm. but you're coming out of a private jet. So like, tell me who you are. (laughs) And, and I was like, this is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So instead of me getting all butthurt about that, you know what I realized? I don't have enough substance out on social media. Wow. Yeah. So what did I do? Took the ad down. Now, if I ever run an ad, you know what it is? It's me teaching something. Okay. That's my ad. It'd be two, three minutes long at max, but it's Mm -hmm. me actually teaching a branding concept. That makes sense. How are you going to troll that? Yeah. It makes sense. How are you going to troll that? And even with the other one, you coming out the jet is what we've been so used to seeing over infomercials and so forth. The guy with the yacht and the two girls and, and you know. <laughs> Listen, it, if, if somebody's going to hire you because you're coming out of a private jet, think about that for a second. Yeah. Do you really want to work with somebody like that? And that's what was happening. Jeff, I was attracting all of that all of that clientele. And I was going crazy because I was like, I don't like these egos, but yeah. yet I was just attracting who I was. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what, cause I'm, I'm, I'm running low on time. This is what I want. If, if you've been listening thus far and this long, this is the biggest takeaway out of this conversation. I want you to get, remember this, the quality of your brand will determine the quality of your clients. And the quality of your clients will determine the quality of your life. So if you want great clients, be the client you wish to attract. So if you don't want nickel and dimers coming your way, then don't nickel and dime people. Because what you give is what you get. Great point. And we'll end on that note. I mean, that is a great, Great, great point. Great advice. So, Henry, thank you so much. Um, you know, we're going to get on your private jet. And we're going to fly out to someplace. <laughs> someplace soon. Um, you know, and, and thanks so much for the advice. If anybody is listening and you want to reach out, his is actually Unique Designs, and he spells it uniquely. So... So understand it's unique. It's U-N-Q. What is it? How do you spell? Yeah, it's it's unique designs with a Z at the end, not an S. Exactly. Yeah, I, I got that Virginia education. You know, us, us Virginians, 
It's like, well, how you spell that again? Because we'll put some slang on it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, reach out to him. And he has a, look, y'all, he has a free master class. You can sign up for the free master class and get more of this insight from him. Um, and like I said, when you go to his site, you're going to see, I didn't want to pump him up, but you'll see who he's worked with. You'll see some of the things he's done and, you know, you'll get a lot of value out of it. So thanks Henry for spending some time with me. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate the insight. And this was almost a therapy session more than a, a marketing strategy session. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what a pleasure meeting you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I would love to have you on my show as well. And uh, so we can keep the conversation going. I'd love to have you. Definitely. And, and th- thanks again for, for, for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just let me know. I love to be on the show. Will do. Will do. Cool. So, all right. Let me stop the recording.